You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef podcast. I'm Hunter Ehrman, and today we're catching up with Colin Woodall, NCBA's CEO. Colin, let's talk about CattleCon, which wrapped up last week. How did that event go? We had an excellent CattleCon down in Orlando. We had over 7,500 who decided to join us and be a part of what was really a great show over eight acres of trade show ex- exhibits. Uh, we had all of our policy committees, some great entertainment by the Bellamy Brothers, and it's not often that you get to have your own dedicated section of Universal Studios to take over, but that's exactly exactly what we did. So everybody who was there had a good time, and if you missed it, start planning now because we're going to be in San Antonio for CattleCon 2025. Colin, you mentioned the policy committee meetings happening at convention. Talk us through the grassroots policy process that drives NCBA's advocacy work. So NCBA's advocacy work is not only driven by the grassroots members of this association, it's also what gives us our strength and our influence in Washington, D.C. So when we go up to Capitol Hill, we are utilizing our policy book to determine where we stand on any number of issues from tax and credit issues to ag and food policy, cattle health and well-being, and more, our policy book tells us exactly where we're going to stand. It's not my opinion. It's not Ethan's opinion. It's not the opinion of any of the lobbyists. It's the opinion and the decision-making of the members of this association that we take to Capitol Hill. And members of Congress and their staff know that. That's why when we go up, they never have to ask, where's this coming from? They know that our process is very thorough and allows us to vet these issues, determine which issues are important, debate the issues, and ultimately make a decision on where we're going to stand. And grassroots is truly what it's all about, because many times what we see during the committee meetings at CattleCon, our summer business meeting, is an idea that in some cases popped up at a county cattleman's meeting or a state association meeting. And it's talked about and discussed before it even makes it to NCBA. Once it comes to NCBA, the particular committee of jurisdiction, which is made up of cattle producers that are appointed to represent their state affiliates, gets to debate it and discuss it, amend it, and otherwise decide where they want to stand. If it passes the committee, it actually goes to the board of directors. And the board of directors is made up of cattle producers as well, representing their states. The board of directors members, they have the opportunity to debate further and to amend if they want. And if it passes the board of directors, in the case of CattleCon here just uh, last week, it then becomes an interim piece of policy that has to be discussed again at our summer business meeting. And if it is uh, kept and is passed in the summer business meeting, then it finally goes to every member in a ballot that is sent out in September to get their opinion. So this is a very unique system where there are multiple stages to make sure we thoroughly vet where we're going to be. And only after we've gone through all of that does this become a part of our policy book and then what we advocate for in Washington, D.C. So we're pretty proud of that process because it really does put the power to the members of this association, which is what it's all about. This association exists for the members. It was formed by the cattle producers, and it is their voice that is uh, determining where we're going to stand and what we ultimately fight for in Washington, D.C. You know, we've often heard questions about who is in those meetings, who serves on those boards, on those committees, and gets to make those decisions. How do people get involved in some of those grassroots leadership opportunities? 
best opportunity is to just pay your dues and become a member of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association because that is the number one requirement to serve is you have to be a member of the association. A lot of times we hear from other producers that are mad or unhappy or upset about the discussions that we're having. But in many cases, we find out they're not members of the association. And it's kind of like voting. You know, you don't get a right to complain if you don't actually go out and vote. Same thing stands for NCBA's membership. If you're not a membership, you don't get to complain what we stand for because you're not a part of that discussion that we just talked about. So the best thing is pay your membership, get involved in the state level, work on getting uh, your state's seat on any of the, uh, the seven policy committees that we have. Show up to summer business meetings, show up to convention, engage, vote, debate, and you can help chart the path of this association. But again, it's not just those who ultimately serve in the committees. If you serve in the board, you get a chance to engage. And as we talked about, the ballot that goes out to every NCBA member is that final step before anything is finalized. So every member, regardless of how active they are, gets a chance to be heard in our policy process. So Colin, as you look at the year ahead, what do you see in terms of policy coming from Washington as well as activity happening here at NCBA? You know, a lot of talk at CattleCon and looking at 2024 and what it means for the cattle producers. Uh, there's a lot of optimism about cattle prices and what's going to happen. But one of the reasons why we have the cattle prices we do is because we have the lowest domestic cattle herd that we have had since 1951. And that has a lot of people concerned. Because while we've had some fairly decent moisture throughout the fall and into the winter, uh, and it also looks like we're going to have some good moisture throughout the spring, according to the Cattle Facts Outlook session, it looks like we will change back over to a La Nina weather pattern. And when that happens, we know that a lot of cattle country all of a sudden is back into a drought situation. And we know that until we have some consistent moisture, something that we know that we can count on, it's going to be hard for us to, to regrow that herd. And that's the question that everybody Everybody's asking, when will we start to regrow? Demand is good. Prices are good. We just need the moisture in the grass. And that's a question that uh, really we don't have a straight answer for right now. But it's something that uh, we, we are definitely going to be talking a lot about throughout 2024. On the national stage, it's all about the election. And you know, while Congress has a, a lot of things they need to be doing, Really, they want to be back home. They want to be going to town halls. They want to be going to parades and fairs. They want to shake hands because they're all trying to get reelected. And it's not just the presidential race we're talking about. It's every seat in the House of Representatives and the third of the United States Senate. And for us as cattle producers, the makeup and the balance of power of the White House, the House, the Senate, uh, has a huge impact on where we go and how successful we are in advocating for our policy priorities. So the Political Action Committee and CBA's PAC is going to remain a big part of uh, our activities this year as we not only raise money for the PAC, but also take those dollars and help elect members to Congress that support the cattle business. And that's members on both sides of the aisle. So we have to have friends on both sides of the aisle. So we're going to spend a lot of time doing that. You know, we would love to have a farm bill. Don't know if we're going to be able to get that done, just given all the other struggles that Congress is facing. But we have made a very strong commitment to the chairwoman of the Senate Ag Committee, the chairman of the House Ag Committee, and leadership on both sides, that if there is a window to go with the Farm Bill, we're going to help get it done because it contains our priorities, including the foot and mouth disease vaccine bank. And we, like everybody else in agriculture, just want a little certainty and we want to get it done. So we'll be ready if that window opens. But right now, we just don't know when that's going to happen. 
we know one of the big changes that's coming up in the year ahead and years ahead um, are some potential tax changes. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expiring, some provisions impacting cattle producers could be subject to change. What's going on there? What should producers be paying attention to? You know, it's hard to believe that it's already been so long since the 2017 tax package that we're talking about this again. But we really kicked off our efforts during CattleCon in bringing back to everybody's attention that all the provisions, the good provisions that we were able to get included in the 2017 package are going to start to expire. Death tax being one of those. It'll expire at the end of 2025. So we are starting the process now of rebuilding the coalition that we've had for years. It includes not only other agriculture groups, but other small business groups who all have the same desire, and that is to be able to pass their operations or their businesses to the next generation. And we know the death tax is one of the biggest hurdles in making that happen. We already have death tax repeal legislation that has been introduced. We're going to continue to push for that. And if we can't get repeal the death tax, we're going to make sure that we have exemptions that are high enough as possible to be able to protect the majority of us in agriculture so people won't have to worry about that tax liability. One of the things that we heard in Orlando were multiple producers who came up to us and said that they are still carrying tax burdens for having to pay the death tax in the past. That's just unacceptable. Food security is national security, and the only way we have food security is to have farmers and ranchers on the land. So we need to make sure that, that we have a tax policy that is in place that helps promote people staying on the land. And that's what we'll be fighting for as we see the expiration of not only the death tax, but all the other tax provisions coming forward. We're going to make sure that whether it's Section 179 expense, expensing, uh, 2032 way, we're, we're, going to, we're going to do everything we can to have a favorable tax code for uh, agriculture producers. You're going to see more from us, uh, not only throughout 2024, 2025, but beyond until we get that done. Well, you mentioned a lot of work that NCBA is doing. So what is your message to cattle producers about the value of an NCBA membership? Uh, we are the voice of the cattle industry in Washington, D.C. You know, going into CattleCon, there were a lot of other groups that were making comments about what NCBA did or did not need to do. What's interesting about that is you realize that they can't do it on their own. They have to have NCBA. That's how much power we wield in Washington, D.C., how much influence we wield in Washington, D.C., and even other ag groups know that if you're going to be successful, NCBA needs to be on your side. So that's why you need to be a part of the winning team in Washington, D.C., and that's the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. On top of that, as we've talked about, your voice is important. Whether you're a producer in Michigan, whether you're a producer in Texas, whether you're in Hawaii, or whether you're in Maine, if you're a member of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, your voice can be heard. And we want to make sure that producers understand that and to also realize that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. So make sure you show up, be a part of this association, make sure your voice is heard, and let's continue to build the strength of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association as being that definitive voice and true leader of this industry. Well, Colin, thank you so much for the update today. Thank you, Hunter. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.